0: On this episode, I interviewed Andrew Lowndes, who's an NRL physiotherapist and reconditioning coach with the Manly Warringah Seagulls. The main topic of this podcast was talking about the experiences and learnings Andrew took from taking Tom Turboevich over to see Bill Knowles. So we first started by talking about a brief overview of the two week schedule that Tom and Andrew had with Bill. We then talked about Bill's main focuses and approach to how he looked at the reconditioning construct. We then talked about the big movement patterns and things Bill was looking at before Tom earned the right to run and what he needed to tick off. talked about how much gym work was used, or was there any hamstring-specific work, or again, was it more of a global approach? Once he was able to get to field, we talked about his main focuses were on field. And we wrapped it up with the biggest takeaways Andrew took from this, as well as how he's going to implement that when he get back when they get back to Manly. So there were a lot of other smaller things throughout the podcast as well, but those are the main topics. Uh, I thought it was a great episode and great insight into the whole experience. So here's the episode. Welcome to No Weak Links with Patrick Wood. The purpose of this podcast is to help you learn up to date, evidence based content and knowledge through life experiences. This podcast is perfect for athletes, strength and conditioning coaches, rehab professionals, or anyone in the sports performance or sports medicine industry. So please have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Noick Links, I'm your host Patrick Wood and today I have on Andrew Lowndes who is an NRL physiotherapist and recondition coach with the Manly sea Eagles. So thank you very much for taking the time to be on. Uh, first off, you just want to give a little background of how you got where you are today, where you, um, education wise, previous roles and then we can go from there.
1: Yeah, no worries, thanks for having us on Pat. Uh, cool opportunity to uh, chat all things uh, sport and recondition I guess but yeah, bit of background on myself. Uh, Yeah, I'm from Sydney in Australia. Um, I, from a educational background, post high school, I guess, um, I did a few years travel and wasn't too sure what I wanted to do, but I also knew it it was going to be something sport related, hopefully. Um, So I studied sport and exercise science or human movement was the name of the degree um, as my undergraduate. Uh, Off the back end of that, I did a, a year's interning at the Sydney Swans as a strength coach. Uh, and then from there, I had, I think, one semester remaining on my undergraduate. I actually did it on exchange over in Miami. So I went to the States, spent some time there. Um, got some pretty cool insights there. Obviously, the, the university I was at was, I think, probably still is the most successful Div 1 football program in the country. so. The, um, with that comes good funding and some pretty mind-blowing facilities, and yeah, you meet some cool people along the way. Um, yeah, I came back to Australia, and I was still sort of hunting around in an s space, and there wasn't a lot of jobs and things like that. Um, during my time at the Swans, actually, there was, a, there was a strength coach role that went to a guy who had a strength background and was also a physio, uh, which stimulated a little bit of thought, and I thought... I was having a look around at the time. There was a new, new program that came up in Sydney. It was a Doctor of Physiotherapy at Macquarie Uni. Um, and I didn't think a whole heap about it, but I just threw my hat in the ring um, and applied for that. And there was sort of 50 spots and I ended up just getting that. And it, it, it sort of, I guess, yeah, started the, started the ball in motion as such. And yeah, did my postgraduate in physio. Um, still sort of had that sports dream in the background. Um, and I managed to sort of uh, procure a bit of a relationship with a lady who um, was in charge of delegating the intern roles for our postgraduate staff um, and I guess somewhat lucky in terms of where I was living location wise so uh, I've lived on the Northern Beaches which is where the Manly Seagulls is based um, and there was there was one spot going there for an intern role in 2015 so uh I sort of begged and pleaded with her to give me the local sports gig. And, um, yeah, so she sent me there for, for my sort of final clinical block in a sports placement sense. Um, and so, yeah, 2015 I went there uh, under the sort of tutelage of the guy Chris Bailey, who is currently the head physio at the Manly Seagulls, but he was at that time in the role that I'm now in. So it's funny how things went full circle. He moved away from Manly, he went to the Dragons for a year, went and did four years at uh, Oz Sevens, and then um, in that sort of time piece, you know, the chess pieces move around the board, and uh, I'd done a bit of stuff with Pathways, so off the back of interning for Chris, I did under-20s for a couple of years. They won the comp in 2017, which is quite cool, and I was just in an assistant role at that time with a guy, Cam Dyer, who's head physio at the uh, New South Wales Waratahs at the moment. Um, Yeah, and then COVID hit. So I think my my last sort of involvement with the club pre-COVID was I was doing the orange shirt uh, role with Blacktown Sea Eagles, our reserve grade side. COVID hit and I was just doing some private S&C and physio stuff for a year. And then um, the then... Had uh, physio James Rami gave me a call up and said, "Mate, you know I always appreciate what you've done for me during that elite pathways role and the reserve grade stuff. So, do you want to come in full time with uh, first grade?" So, yeah, that was what would that take us to? I think like October, November, twenty twenty. Um, so it was still sort of COVID time, which was a bit strange, but um, I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was a cool opportunity, and yeah, so started with first grade back then, and this is now going into my third year with them so yeah third third season full-time with grade so yeah and I guess my current role as you mentioned in the intro um sort of reconditioning physiotherapist so Chris who I mentioned earlier is is a head physio title and he handles a lot of the daily communications and you know juggling availability of players and things like that and my role is more I guess S&C centric and field integration that sort of thing
0: yeah, good. That's it. It's good to see the journey and uh, kind of how all the pieces fit together in the end and the connections you made you know, gets where you are. So um, yeah, it's, good. it's always good to hear that with, with people um, coming on the show. Uh, yes, yeah. so today we're going to talk about your journey over to the US uh, again, even though you've been there already, um, with uh, with Bill Knowles and kind of, uh, I guess first, just, just want to talk about maybe how that came about, how obviously there's been a couple other NRL players that have gone over there in the recent times, but uh, maybe how those conversations started, and then uh, we can we can get get into it from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I guess the catalyst obviously was Tom being injured again in preseason. Uh, he's an important dude for us, and had a pretty disrupted year last year through his MCL injury, and then into a shoulder dislocation. Um, and he was having a cracker preseason. Um, yeah, and then when when he's gone down, and given his injury history, I think uh obviously the conversations start happening you know where do we go to next with this sort of thing and we had a a new uh, consultant in the high performance space in Paul Devlin that's come come in with uh, with our new coach and um I think he's he's had some interactions with bill in the past and I believe that 's probably where the conversation started um, but yeah it, it sort of gained some momentum quite quickly uh, one of our Club major sponsors were really keen to help out and saw it as a really good opportunity. Um, I guess, obviously, you never want guys getting injured, but in the context of time, like when, when Tom did get injured just pre Chrissy, there, it's actually quite a good one in that it gives you a, a really solid window in terms of, you know, reconditioning that athlete to get him back for round one. So we knew we had time on our side. Um, it was going to be a really good opportunity to get a different lens on it. And yeah, so that's how it came about.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I think uh, i listened to someone. Th- there is a podcast interviewing one of the trial went over to and uh, just getting away and be able to focus solely on that and have a little bit of time away is always a good thing as well. Um, Spent a lot of time in Philly, which is in the winter was not as probably nice as summer, but um, still a good city. Uh, do you want to just maybe talk about kind of how long you're over there and a brief uh, overview of what that time looked like setup wise with sessions, um, again, just generally then we can dive in, in more into it from there.
1: Yeah, for sure, no worries. Yeah, so it was a two week trip essentially, so we, we flew over on, I think we left here Saturday, got there Saturday night, you sort of, it's a weird time warp getting over there. Um, yeah, so we had essentially Sunday to get our bearings, get over the jet lag as best we sort of could. Um, just went nuts from a tourist perspective really for the one day that we had in Philly so went and did the rocky stairs and walked around town ate some, ate some Philly cheesesteaks and all the things that you do um, and then yeah so from Monday we were into it so we had the plan was basically two five-day intensive camps with a little weekend recovery in the middle so we went Monday to Friday uh, typically a morning and afternoon session so they would that would be usually two hours. Sometimes I'd stretch a little bit longer, two and a half, three hours, uh, go get some lunch and then come back in the afternoon and go again. Um, so, you know, when it's one athlete being intensively coached, you know, it's a, it's, they're pretty big days. Um, so, you know, reasonably gassed out. I mean, Turbo's got better capacity than most people you'll come across. But, you know, even from a mental perspective, which I think is part of what Latrell touched on as well, there's a lot of cognitive stuff going on with bill um so yeah those those are the ways that days were structured uh there were a few occasions where he booked tom in with his sort of soft tissue guy who would do these really extensive sessions on him sort of like two hours sometimes three hours of soft tissue work um which i'm sure you probably agree isn't like super typical in in that sports space but yeah he he saw some things sort of that he wanted changed I guess or see if we could make some inroads like one example was his sort of dorsiflexion uh and the guy he uses Dr I think Stephen Matthews he's sort of he's chiropractic background but he's done a lot of stuff in sport he's travels over the UK do some work with Danny Welbeck and stuff so he's a pretty well versed guy so that was an interesting insight as well sort of you know obviously manual therapy is one part of what we do but it's not everything so that was sort of his niche um so it wasn't a big part of it, but it was definitely part that contributed to it.
0: Yeah. I I think, um, so you mentioned obviously spending one time or a lot of time with one athlete. So, you know, what were Bill's main focuses to address within that, you know, 10, a lot of time, but at the same time, it's not, you only have two weeks with him, but a lot of one-on-one time. So, you know, what were his main focuses and main things to look at for that time period?
1: Yeah, that's something. Obviously, you go there thinking like, you know, this is two weeks. Like, how can you make these fundamental changes? But I think like Bill's really good at uh, sort of framing that, and he's like, this, like, you know, we don't solve everything in this two weeks. He's like, we use this two weeks as a assessment pro process first and foremost. Um, identify some key areas that we can make some really meaningful changes and then put in some strategies in place. But so it's like, there's a real onus on like the work doesn't stop here. Like this is getting you to a point where you've got a good level of understanding and um, you know, both sort of physiologically and, and mentally like that Tom had his head around it, that I understood what we're trying to achieve and that we could take those strategies back and continue to work on those things. So like the, The set up with Bill and like he's got this little office off his gym, I like to call it the war room. So day one, we got there and sat down and it was, you know, it's cool. It's like robust combo about where you've been, like, you know, and how we're going to solve this thing. So had his whiteboard and he's, you know, drawing the hieroglyphics up and all the rest. And um, the first thing he said to us was, I think it might have been in the little doco piece that came out, but, you know, we've hashed out his injury history and then he just wrote the three letters on the board smc and he's like i think he says in my opinion we're here for a smc program something must change right so trying to break a cycle of injury history as such um yeah and he had a few different concepts around that uh which i can go into if you like um yeah but the 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 main thing like he he was big on not focusing on a hammy centric thing and looking more I guess kinetically at Tom as an athlete and you know the, his strategies around movement and things like that but yeah I mean if I was okay. to yeah if do you want me to elaborate on that stuff yeah for sure yeah. sweet so I guess like the the three big big rocks that we spoke about in that first meeting was you know obviously it's probably more famous in the knee injury world, but that arthrogenic neuromuscular inhibition or the AMI. Um, he's big on believe like, that sort of obviously exists when you have soft tissue injuries as well um, in terms of like neuromuscular inhibition. Um, yeah, and he's got this good dimmer switch analogy that I thought was quite good. You know, each, each time and he drew a little, essentially, you know, the, the light switch that you slide up and down. And he talked about each time you get injured, that slides down a little bit, right? So the, the, I guess, the stimulus from brain to muscle is a little bit dampened. And he talks about trying to restore that dimmer switch and push it up as best you can and what things are going to contribute to that. Um, and we can touch on some of that stuff later. Uh, other, other buzzy things he's saying is, like, you know, truly restoring, like, an athletic normal. So, like, you know, not a day-to-day you-and-me normal, but, like, you know, what's, what's Tom as his athlete normal and he, Bill's take on that is it should be like, you know, you, you're you pushing into the ground, changing direction, accelerating, decelerating, whatever it is you need to do without any sense of inhibition or, or you know, it's almost autonomous. You're not thinking about it. You're not worried about, you know, injury consequence or anything like that. So he talked about actually being given the opportunity to truly restore that. Um yeah, so I think those two two really big ones that were key along the way, uh, and you know it was it was a lot of information over two weeks. So I'll try not bore you with too much, but if we start there with the big off, I'm sure we'll come across some other other things.
0: Yeah, no, no, I think that's good. I like uh, yeah, as much detail as you as you think necessary as well. Uh, you, you touched on not focusing specifically on the hamstring and more on that global approach. Do you want to maybe elaborate more on how? he explained his thought process on, you know, what he's trying to target then, if not the hamstring.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, one of the other points, I guess, in that initial war room meeting was, you know, uh, symphony versus solo, as he likes to call it. So, you know, uh, relating that to something like change of direction, like what's happening kinetically. And, you know, he was a bit of a believer in, and I think I've fully bought into this assessment in that, you know, changing direction are you are you sort of leaving your hamstrings on a bit of an island by the positions you're putting your foot in the you know stiffness at your ankle like what's your trunk doing and that sort of thing or are you sort of really nailing the kinetic chain of events there that that looks like a really good athletic cutting position and and things like that so um yeah he sort of spoke about that in our first meeting and you know hadn't fully settled he had some some good sort of Differential ideas I guess at that point And then Was just gonna Bide his time And and watch Tom move And You know He has this process That he's obviously Built up over years And years In terms of You know Giving guys These different tasks And seeing how How they Solve them And what their Their movement strategies Look like And you know Little intricate things Around foot placement And stuff like that um, But yeah So he He was essentially Like you know F F the hamstring, we're gonna we're gonna just look at Tom and you know, making you better at, you know, being an athlete. So I think that's refreshing in a sense too. Like, you know, it's it's not that we get caught up in being hamstring centric, but when you're in the, you know, pressure cooker scenario of you know, and we had a pretty extensive rehab uh, like reconditioning or rehab list at the start of the season too. So you you sort of and as he calls it, you know, you're low hanging fruits, the obvious stuff like where, are you're going to you know strengthen a hamstring. You're going to get them to run fast, restore range of motion, and all those sort of typical things you do. It's just refreshing to get some more really sort of super critical, intricate thinking around it. Um, but yeah, he certainly didn't focus on it, and I think that was probably an intentional thing too. So Tom wasn't thinking about it. Um, so yeah, that's probably where we're at from the the hammy centric side. Like he he also like he prescribed next to no hammy strength work during that time um we got a little bit admittedly like where it's suited um but it it certainly wasn't wasn't a big focus
0: yeah so with um you mentioned him you know going through his screening assessment protocols which which are more movements is there any examples you could give on a couple movements or screening screens he did and things he, he found and kind of how he reasoned through that
1: yeah sure so uh There's sort of a few reasons, I think, like, I know you mentioned, like, the hula hooping stuff that you'd seen with Latrell, right? Like, that was was the first thing uh, that he got Tom to do, I think, like, literally the first thing. And um, we had seen a bit in Latrell's video, so me and Tom were, like, back in Sydney trying to, like, huck hula hoops with, like, really no success because he's he's a competitive dude and he, he wanted to rock up there and be able to deliver, but... um. Yeah, so you just get massively exposed to start with. It's a bit of humble pie sort of scenario. Um, and I had a fair crack myself when the camera's not rolling because I didn't want to be exposed in that sense. But um, no, like, the that was quite interesting, right? So he goes, here's a hula hoop, throw the hoop, like, show me what you got sort of thing. And, like, straight off the bat, like, it's even just around, like, athletic stance positions. So, like, you might be standing a little bit externally rotated and trying to hula hoop. And he's like... Well like You know That's not an effective stance What are you doing So like straight away He's cueing foot position And um, You know I guess coming back To that That kinetic chain approach In terms of like You know If you're standing like that Doing a hula hoop Like what are you going to do When you're hitting the floor To change direction Sort of thing Um, That was one example And then like even You know You would have seen some of that Sitting on the floor And doing sliders And things like that You know What happens with his You know Timing around Leg, like leg extension dorsiflexion how's his hip mobility look um, yeah he's sort of constantly assessing everything and he's getting I guess information and then it, it helps guide where he's going next with his his flow of exercise progression or whatever it may be um, yeah so it's, it's pretty interesting like he's that stuff's I guess not super typical either and yeah no, I was wondering from the start like how's he set this stuff up you know like and I think learning more about Bill's background was cool too because obviously he was probably most revered for his knee rehab stuff to start and he was coming from like a ski racing background which I wasn't totally aware of which makes sense right like we're in we're in running based sports where that's obviously seen as a you know a critical priority to get him going but Bill's obviously worked with, like, some really high-profile running athletes now, and, you know, he, he takes that, that probably some of his learnings from the ski world where you're rehabbing knees and they don't need to run. So, you know, some, sometimes he delays those and gets those going later from a run perspective and has really good results. Um, but also, I guess, yeah, you probably just look at it from a different perspective where you know running's not your out and out priority and so he's got these cool hip flow sequences and he's yeah can i uh, without keep hammering that kinetic chain thing but that's that's sort of the vibe that you get when you're going through this stuff like a lot of you know connecting what's happening lower body to your trunk as well so you you see some funky looking roll variations and you're doing all sorts of funky stuff but he's really effective at, you know, you, you think, oh, this is bizarre, like circus trickery stuff, right? Where you stand on BOSU balls, swinging hoops and stuff, but uh, yeah, super effective at, at tying in what he's looking for here and how that relates to like, you know, when we eventually get to a field and, you know, those, those carry on things. So quite cool, pretty stimulating for myself as a coach. And, and I think, you know, Tom's a very intellectual guy, so he could he could buy into it. So it was really good.
0: Yeah, so would you say then he essentially tries to put him in, distract him necessarily with certain movements and then see how he moves or just give him basic movements and then try to see how it all integrates together and would potentially integrate into regular movement?
1: Yeah, I think um, less, less so distract, but more like just challenging him from a coordinative perspective. Is the way I think he would phrase it. It's um, and that comes back to that that AMI chat around that neuromuscular inhibition. So, um, and Bill's obviously he's better read in this place than me. But um, in terms of sliding that dimmer switch up that he was talking about, the the things that they know do work at this stage is coordinative exercise. And so, like obviously, the more challenging that becomes, the the greater the neural stimulation and in theory that that dimmer switch starts going up the wall right so you're getting better better brain to motor unit sort of communication there so um like that's the hula hoop essentially right it's like here's a task figure it out like you know and as you get better and better and it was literally like that was a warm-up strategy for us each day and he would throw different weight hoops at it different stance positions and um, yeah like you know tom solved this, and it 's a it 's a good spark um, yeah, so i guess i 've lost my place there a little bit, so you can pull me back on track whenever you feel feel necessary mate but um no, no, no. yeah so
0: No, that 's good it 's good um i think uh or obviously you had that whiteboard chat you were doing the stuff for an assessment Does he, did he did you have certain k p i s or certain tests or certain uh, yeah what are her it was objective. Did he have objective measures, or was it he went through and you know this is my visual, visualization, this is how I see things moving, and I want him to be able to do these certain things? Or yeah, what was you know what were the KPIs, or did he have some?
1: Yeah, well that that's part of Bill's mistake, I guess, because yeah, it wasn't like you know jump this high or anything like that. Nothing nothing truly measurable, like you know. And I, I don't think he he's a huge prescriber to things like that around you know whether it's dynamometry or whatever it may be but um yeah he's obviously he's got a really keen eye for stuff and it was it was just movement standards essentially it was like we're going to drill this drill this drill this until like you're rock star at it essentially and then we'll move on and like not until you've got like complete competence with it like are we are we going past this drill so like you can be hammering things for, you know, a couple of hours or a couple of days. And like that can, that's, I guess, where the psychological uh, or like the cognitive aspect comes in where you're trying to solve something. So sometimes like, I guess it would give, it give Tom saying if he's not nailing it, he'd be like, all right, I'm going to regress this. I'll give you a, another piece of it in a different exercise and then we'll come back to it and his ability to regress to progress was super impressive and he was, um, he was big on sort of no shitty reps. He's like, as soon as he was not getting it, he's like, we're going away from that and we're going we're gonna to go back to this part practice thing where I'm getting some good quality out of you and then we'll take it back there so that, you know, he, he would only drill stuff that was moving him in the right direction, um, which was quite good, right? But, and then he'd give, you know, Tom would have homework sometimes where he'd he'd be doing some little ankle stiffness drills and stuff in the kitchen back at the apartment and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it wasn't overly clear cut in terms of like, this is what you need to achieve to progress to stage ABCDE, whatever. Um, but it was like, it was more once Bill was happy, then we can go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, with, yeah, with, with drilling, you know for that long and those those periods of just extensively trying to go through that how did you see or how do they manage you know volume of being productive and and getting benefit but obviously not overloading and if you have two two-hour sessions five days a week for two weeks
1: yeah uh i think i a lot of that again was like intuition for bill like i guess he's he's got his matrix of things that he likes to deliver and he's probably got a good feel for, for when you, you're sort of starting to lose quality of something. And he ties in different exercises which are overloading different parts of your body or what, whatever it may be so that you can, like, the, the effort and the intensity of the sessions is really high. Like, so you're just neurologically cooked at the end of it. But, um, yeah, there was, I, I don't know, to sort of answer your question... Not sure exactly how he managed that, that load aspect, but um, sort of each session, it really hits the mark. So he's, he's got the recipe right, I think, from my perspective. Um, you know, the typical sort of measurable stuff that we use, you know, like, and it was only really relevant in week two, but um, like, we're at an indoor facility there in Philly. So your stuff like your GPS units for load monitoring from his running perspective is not even applicable You know, it was snowing outside some days, and he's like, "No, you, like, you Australian blokes are too soft. Like, I'm. There's no way I'm taking out there. You guys wouldn't handle it." So, uh, yeah, it's just. I guess there's definitely some. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely got a strategy there, but like, I think that's part of the the mystery of Bill Knowles as to how he's put that together, and yeah, he knows what he's doing. But yeah, I guess on the flip side of that, where you're coming out of a space where you're so accountable to data and. You know, you, you're using that to inform a lot of your programming typically. Like it's a little bit of a, you know, uh, a leap of faith in in some senses, but everyone was on board and committed to the process. Like, you know, from our head coach, performance department, ourselves in medical, it was, you know, everyone was there to buy in. So we, we let Bill do his thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, it definitely, you know, knowledge, experience is. You know, take over that point when you don't if you don't have the data, but and you, you, he doesn't have KPIs as you mentioned, but obviously, and you know, on both documentaries, it talks about you know earning the right to run and certain things that he's looking for before he goes to running in the field. So that it looked like from both of them, the first week was building that up, and the second week, roughly, was then transitioning to field. So what what were his things, or did you see or know what were his things he's looking for before he wants to progress them? Into running.
1: Yeah. So yeah, like you said, earning the right and he's he structures stuff in the gym where he talks about strengthening position. So like, you know, exposing different elements of say like a cut. So joint angles and those sorts of things. And like he loads them up with the Kaiser or like bungee cords or and just makes these super challenging environments. And I think like there's one I remember watching on the trail right where he was getting pumped on that Kaiser and getting super frustrated because he kept getting sort of overwhelmed by it. Um, yeah, we did really similar stuff and, uh, you know, but just like a bunch of variations on it. And I guess he's just looking for consistency to manage those different perturbations, different loads, different velocities, you know, so you get quite plyometric, you, you know, he uses a lot of gymnastics flooring. So half his gym basically gymnastics flooring. So I guess in terms of load management, that's allowing him to get way more drilling reps without coming at a total joint or soft tissue cost. Um, But yeah, without getting away from your question too much, yeah, earning the right was all around being able to essentially complete or beat the task that he was throwing at them. So like they're, they're extrapolating like a you know a really demanding deceleration position you know or he's he's got to accelerate against sleds and and things like that so um one of the things i remember bill saying to me he's like you know his intro runs like he wants them to be at like a 75 percent intensity like from an Axel and a decel perspective so that's probably where uh, you know like i don't know if it's the same for yourself but in terms of where you might roll guys out once they've met a few objective measures and you think, you know, they're ready to run. But from Bill's perspective, a lot of that sort of junk running, like you, you know, he mentions, you don't need to teach athletes to run slow. Like what are you sort of, what are you getting out of them there? So yeah, just again, a different, different perspective, which was really refreshing and some good takeaways there. But um, yeah, in terms of earning the right, that's like, that's something that was determined by Bill again. Like, we had a weekend off, and we went and did our tourist thing in New York. And like Tom's, like drilling his way through the streets, and it was um funny because he's he's sort of like you know the it the the sort of cat blowing in the breeze. There was like man, like hopefully we'd run next week, you know, like and he'd already been running back in Australia. He's like just chomping at the bit to run. And um, so we went back in on Monday of week two and we're like, oh, hopefully we're running this week. Like, we'll see how we go. And then Monday ended up being a whole d- whole nother day of earning the right, you know, so you gotta get your head around that. And then, you know, eventually you guess the right timing. tomorrow we're strapping on the boots, we're going. So it was, um, yeah, it was cool. It was, and it, it sort of keeps you guessing a little bit, like we would unpack it over dinner and be like, man, I thought you were really good today. I reckon we're close, like we're gonna be close. But um, yeah, the the call ended up landing with Bill when we run, so, uh, yeah, it was cool.
0: And and with that, earning um, the right, was it purely, mainly like coordinative stuff, and and more of that work, or was there much strength at all, or, or focuses on exercises like that?
1: Uh, definitely not. Definitely not strength in like the traditional sense. Like you know, it's not like once you can. 1.8 times you know body weight squat or anything like that it was it was that strength in position stuff so like you know he'd want him right up on a bungee and his ability to like you know nail the the first d-cell step and it's and it's consistency it's like bang 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 and you just you just proper nailing it if there's inconsistency in your reps or you know or he'll come back full circle to something that you drilled two days ago and like if you lose a bit of stiffness at the ankle or the knee or something like that, you know, then he's like, nah, that's, you know, that's not where we need to be. Um, and then like the the transition of that that stuff to what he does from a drilling perspective on field, it's all the same cues. So it's like if you've seen it enough in the gym, he's confident that you can translate it once it gets more chaotic, right, on the field and he starts giving you different changes of direction and all that sort of stuff, um, D-cell stimulus and whatever it may be. Uh, yeah so it's alright
0: yeah I think that, that was going to be I guess my follow up question of obviously you have those what he's looking at to earn the right but then once you get onto the field what's what's his next what's his next step what's his next um, thing he's looking for is it literally just the carryover, or is he trying to build on top of that or, or what's his focus is there
1: uh, pretty much like first session I'd say is like a direct carryover from the stuff we've done in the gym but you're just putting it into obviously Expressing it across turf, I guess. So there'd be stuff you'd be doing rep on rep on a stationary perspective. So like maybe it's an ankle stiffness drill or whatever it may be, and then like we would literally do video review after video review on most reps. So like, there's a you know you, you spend two hours on field, but your your rep count might not be overly high. But it's a it's the same practice that was in the gym in terms of you know not letting. Average reps slip by you've sort of got to be nailing it, and um you know so I think the first session from memory was you know purely like linear axel d cell focus for instance, and just getting those qualities right, and then you'd come back and then he'd you know he'd progress it, I guess with something that's a little bit lateral or and then towards the back end of the week we're starting to get longer and just maintaining posture through those sorts of things, so it was from a total volume of running there wasn't heaps but from a total volume of critical review there was so so much like and I guess that's just trying to get those things like you know strategies to implement that was probably a big thing like in that don't come out here in like the you know we did I think eight run sessions in like four days which is pretty crazy to think about right particularly someone coming from a soft tissue thing so that's part of like, you know, putting your faith in the program and, um, you know, and, and in fairness to, like, Bill's really good at reading the room and and sort of Tom was an athlete. So, like, there, there was probably a pool session in there somewhere to deload him but keep him moving mechanically and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but it's was, it was quite interesting that and that's something we definitely took back from, like, to start sessions, for instance. Like, we were filming a lot of reps, together back in Sydney and breaking it down from the same sort of perspective that Bill was and just trying to maintain some of that stuff.
0: Yeah, with, with those videos, like, what were his main, does, whether it be change of direction or linear or filming, I guess, what were a couple of the key things he's looking for there?
1: Yeah, so again, like, probably back to your point, like, is he looking for transference from the gym to the field? So I, and that was very much it. So say you're doing, like, a lean tower where he's looking for, you know, max hip extension, you know, knee extension and, you know, a nice stiff ankle. Like, those would be the same things that he's looking for when you go to the field and, you know, you look at an Axel, for instance. Like, does he carry those habits over? So, yeah, it was basically that simple. Um, And he doesn't doesn't overcomplicate it in terms of, you know, let's really overly critique this thing but he just has his big rocks in terms of what he wants from a mechanical point of view
0: yeah what what are those uh i guess for the field sessions did they have a general structure to them like were they focused on you know one day's linear with x amount of drilling into more complex tasks or was it literally just kind of a um you know see where we're at build off what we need to adjust when we need to
1: uh no i think there was definitely like a probably a Target for the day, so it was like an accel decel day, and then would go to a change of direction day, Um, and then within that, I guess overarching goal for the day, there was definitely some regression and progression and stuff like that. So, say an example might be where you know you've you've gone into uh, a more complex drill, and then all of a sudden, like on that video review, you see like you know he's made a change of direction first step or two there's you know is lacking a bit of that ankle stiffness that we've been drilling for 8 or 9 days then he's like whoa well pull it back regress and then we might just go to like a hurdle drill um and so it's like just as soon as you think you've is taken the shackles off a little bit of humble pie coming your way Tommy and we'll we'll pull you back here and make sure you really nail that before you keep going um cuz yeah you, you know what they're like like he you know just wants to, wants to get out and run. So it was, um, yeah, it was, yeah. It, it was cool. in that same, seeing someone, so uh,
0: What, what would you say, obviously with that, you know, in, into detail before the progression is there, what was, what did you do well to keep, to, to keep Tom engaged or to keep, um, you know, that high of intent through each rep as, you know, four hours a day of just making sure everything's perfect. And obviously we really, Really, be draining.
1: Yeah, I think that's something that I sort of uh, admired about the process. I think he, like, from the art of coaching perspective, like he he nails the balance. Like he's uh obviously like hypercritical, like to the point like you could almost be offended um, because he's like stripping you down that much. Like, but um, just his deliveries really good. Like, and. He's got the. He's got actually some great banter about him. Like he's a funny dude. Like we'd like, I'd be having dinner and i will be like, "Man, I can't wait to see what Bill's tossing up tomorrow." You know, like he's actually. I don't know. He, you know, there's got to be, obviously, that high level of coaching, but he's keeping it enjoyable enough that you know Tom keeps biting on different comments and keeps coming back for more and sort of creates this really like, almost like competitive environment for him. And like you know he'll he'll be right in the throes of like. You know, working super hard cognitively, trying to nail this drill, and then he'd be like, "Stop! Stop! Stop!" And then you'd like play a game with him. You know, like you have to, you have to throw a slider across the gym, like you know, landing in a certain space. And you know, if I win, you're doing this, and and Bill sets it up so that like it's stuff that he's he's repped a thousand times, so he's always beaten Tom, and that rolls him up a bit. But um, go, yeah, no, he's super critical, but I think. The other side of that is he uh, and like in terms of obviously there's demonstrating exercises, but like he he's expecting a really high standard. But then he can and I know this is something that like Tom really respected and like bought right into was like his ability to drill it was like second to none. And like the guy's fifty six and he's a weapon at everything he's asking you to do. And so he had a good ability to like imitate Tom and be like this is what you're doing like that looks rubbish this is how you should do it and he'd be like and he's just nailing reps and Tom's like wow that's pretty cool um so yeah I think that was that was big in terms of getting an athlete's buy-in as well he's like he's not just telling me to do something he's showing me exactly how I need to do it um and particularly good at hula hooping like Bill's a beast on the hula hoop (laughs) unbelievable
0: (laughs) I know those. That's uh, good points. If you can, if you can demo, that probably definitely helps and gets the buy. in if, if if he can do it, then they'll then they'll want to do it as well. Um, you, me- you mentioned he you mentioned the use of the pool um, in in one of those down days or, or multiple. I don't know. Um, you know, wh- was that is that did he use carryover of things that he's trying to to drill and work on there? or Was that more of a different body position day with a little bit of deload but still trying to get some benefit out of it?
1: Yeah, no, that's. I'm glad you brought that up because that's probably something I missed in our load management <laughs> convo. But uh, yeah, it was. So probably for the for the first week, it was it was more like a a planned stimulus in terms of obviously managing drilling load, but replicating position in a different environment. Um, obviously, good opportunity to uh, coach like things like joint angle and. Even like what part of his foot he wants Tom contacting on, using the you know the the pull for that sort of stuff, uh, connecting that lumbo pelvic element. So like you see a bit of stuff in the videos where they've got those flotation dumbbells out, and it's they're doing pendulum work, and I think there was some of that in trells stuff as well. Um, like super challenging stuff, but it's a good education piece for the athlete as well around like utilizing like timing and rhythm a little bit and like. What's Bill saying? It's like style, beauty, and grace. So, like he reckons, you know, when you when you're nailing reps in the gym, in the pool, whatever, you know, you do it with style, beauty, and grace, and that's like that's athletic expression at its best. Where it's, you know, it's it's like hitting a golf swing perfectly, right? It's like it's the same thing with hitting an axle perfectly or a change of direction. It's like you almost feel like you've been shot out of a cannon, and it's it's that sort of combination of things. So the pool's definitely an education piece as well around like, you know, a more resistant environment, but you still got to be patient with like, you know, uh, sorry, Tom's like six foot five and like swinging your body underneath yourself against water resistance. Like if you're trying to fight it too early, like you've got no chance. So, um, yeah, there's some cool stuff there. I'd say week one was used more so for drilling and some core stuff and, and, you know, some intense things. And again, like elements of fun there. So like, you know, I was in the pool a bit with him and he had these like rockets, you know, the sinky rockets and they he'd throw them in and we got to chase them underwater and like communicate underwater. So say there's like three of them, like you've got to capture all of them before they hit the bottom and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, it was completely unloaded, but it was another little, you know, coordinated task doing stuff. And, uh, yeah, he just gets that balance, right? Which was good.
0: Yeah. Um, with we said drilling in the pool too. So does he? He drills those similar drills that he's doing on land, just in the shallow end, and, and then videos and replays and tries to get similar mechanics there.
1: Yeah, yep yeah. So yes, yeah, so like some leaning towels stuff. you will do shallow end, and then like deep end with the the dumbbells. He'll do stuff like your down marching and things like that, and and sort of like down running. So still able to cue like you know you're maximizing your hip extension here you're pushing down you're pushing down you know those sorts of cues so um yeah a bit of both
0: yeah okay uh i guess i think that, that's a pretty good summary overall of, of a lot of things what would you say the main takeaways you took or from from the learnings from from bill that you took
1: yeah so uh i think like that video review on the field was probably underutilized previously. Like I felt like, I don't know if it was just a Tom thing. I've used it with guys since coming back to Australia as well. And the, I think if they can see it and then you throw your coaching on top of it, like it's even more powerful. So it's, um, that's been something that's sort of definitely utilized since we've been coming back. So I guess that's a takeaway. Um, yeah, I think the intention to the intention and you know time taken to get the fundamentals of drilling in things and particularly probably in a injury space, like it's a really good way to sort of normalise mechanics without coming at a huge sort of volume cost or anything like that. So I think I'll probably spend more time on that. Um obviously it was part of programme previously, but I think being super intentional around that and and seeing like you know what you can retrieve once you do take that to a field setting and being really mindful about how you program and plan that stuff I think is definitely definitely a takeaway there um, and and similarly sort of that strength in position so like we've had a few uh, sort of ACL guys that a few of those those drills and specific setups that we used um, obviously Tom's not an ACL guy but it's it's all similar stuff. And that's, like I guess, where Bill's more holistic view comes from, right? Like, he's just looking at, you know, like, why is a, a a super capable athlete breaking down or whatever? So there's some there's some more general takeaways around being strong in position and, you know, really being challenged in the gym in those sorts of positions and, uh, you know, ticking those boxes as well as the stuff that you already do on the field. So that's definitely something that's, come home with me Um, and then probably as we touched on before I think uh, it's not always like that's a unique scenario obviously where you can have two weeks just to work one-on-one with an athlete but I think probably just you know taking away some of some of Bill's sort of relentless coaching attitude and he's got a proper enthusiasm for it so I guess it was it was really motivating for me to see someone that's, you know, so well revered and just like how committed he is to it. That's definitely, you know, something that I took away and that I'll continue to try and evolve my own coaching with, and and you know, get to a level like where you know Bill was a goat at these drills, like he was unbelievable, and um, yeah, I'd like to continue to evolve in that space myself. So yeah, I think guess if there's three big ones, it's probably
0: probably those. Yeah okay, and I was gonna ask too, with with that. You've answered it now, but you know, going over there for that two weeks is that a two weeks like that's what he needed, and then he's back to go. Or and obviously you said you said it's more of a, a continuation when you get back. So what are what are some things um, that the the main points and main things you're taking back that you're implementing with Tom back at the Seagulls and and. Um, be yeah, gone from there yeah well i guess like
1: obviously first and foremost he's a footy player so he's still doing all the footy elements but it's it's just the stuff around that that's individualized and specific and i mean w- there was already layers of that for sure in terms of like you know we're doing specific stuff for him um but it, it, it was more the stuff that really resonated like with tom so there's obviously a huge body of work done in two weeks like just endless drills and literally i think we got like a a nine-page document from bill of different different drills and you know some are gym related some are field related and all these things so um and i think i took something like in the vicinity of 270 video clips or something that i have on a dropbox folder of different drills um so it's been a little bit like collaborative in that we've worked through and we're like you know what and you know I saw some of it and Tom felt a lot of it in terms of things that like really extrapolated like a good stimulus for him and we got some advice for Bill too like what do you think's you know super critical for Tom to hang on to here like obviously we've done a lot you can't fit all of that into a day or a week or whatever it is so it's it's been more probably fish you know retrieving like four or five things that he would do for field prep and we've got say like three versions of that so you can rotate them and you know he'll just get you know an a- ankle stiffness stimulus something you know to cue hip extension like a lateral hip and uh yeah so again like nothing really handy specific more just like athlete athletic expression just fine-tuning his prep stuff some stuff some things around mobility um so, and like he's a worker anyway, like he's always in there an hour hour ahead of schedule, so like that that was really easy for us to implement like and he he goes seeking that sort of stuff, so it's more just being organized around having his field prep, and then we post field we usually top up with a couple of a couple of those more strength based exercises like in position, so you know certain certain knee knee ankle hip positions and Perturbated with bungees or, or cables or what may it be. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably been the biggest carryover. And then more globally, like, carrying a, a bunch of that stuff across to our main group or particularly our reconditioning guys um, has, has definitely been the main takeaways. And then the, the rest is, like, your big rocks that that you already do and there's obviously really good evidence and things behind, you know, you need regular high speed exposures and you know tracking his gps volumes and all that sort of thing but that's not what we went over there to learn you know this is the just how to fine tune the ferrari in a sense so
0: yeah yeah no i think i think that gives a good summary on a lot of the questions i have and hopefully sheds light and, and as you mentioned obviously you know you have your your main big rocks but this is a very specific you know he got the specific cases go see him so he looks for the very specific um you know things to 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 help them so yeah thank you very much um for that if if there's anything else you need to add in that um you can feel free to do that and then as well if you want to share uh, where people can follow you or contact you if, if you have anything to share there i can add those in the show notes
1: yeah too easy yeah no i think yeah just in summary like we said it was a really worthwhile trip i think like if guys have the opportunity to go work over there it's you know, I was saying to people before we went, like, you know, hopefully you don't get over there and you just get told to run fast and do some nordics or anything, like, you know. But uh, yeah, it was anything but that, and it was like very insightful. Like, props to Bill; he's a he's a really open book, and he's trying to upskill you as much as an athlete, and because like, he re- he realizes there's a you know a longevity to this process, and it's it's not an overnight thing. So um, yeah, very worthwhile. That's it, and. Uh, yeah, in terms of getting in touch, I'm on LinkedIn uh, or you can put up my email too if you want. I'll, I think you've got that already. Um, yeah, from a socials perspective, I don't do not do too much in the sort of physio recon space. You'll just see my three kids down the beach more than likely. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think those would be the, the two platforms, mate, LinkedIn or, or the work email.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you very much again for taking the time to be on. No worries. Thanks for having me, Pat. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to No Week Links. If you would enjoyed the show and could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would be greatly appreciated. If you're interested in any other content I put out, you can follow me on Instagram at Coach Patrick Wood or Twitter at CoachPattyWood. Thanks again for listening.